This is actor, musician, author Scott Schiaffo, known from the films Clerks, Vulgar, Linger, Idiots Are Us, and a myriad of other gack. Want to say, hey, Marshall and Pat, keep rocking it on Always Bet on Geek. Shit, Pat, I forgot to fucking tell you. You know what I just found out? Fuck what, man? Oh, you can tell when you're acting, Pat. Um, <laughs> it's like when we read commercials or something like that. You can always tell that it's rehearsed. I just found out from Jerry that the MPWO Network actually has an official actual sponsor. What? A sponsor? The MPO Network? MP, no, man, MP, please. MPWO Network. The MPWO Network has a sponsor? Nah, man. You gotta tell me more. <clears throat> it's called Hate Energy Drink. It's a new... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like like Hate Ashbury, the what's the primal spot for all artists in New York? Like H-A-I-G-H-T? No. It's hate. Like anger. Like crimes of passion. Like the... Hate! Like the the dragon blood. <laughs> let's not asso- let's not associate them with dragon blood. Let's. You know what? B- before we screw this up even worse, you can. No, no, this is all golden. This is all golden. Wait, so are you saying we're about to commit a crime of passion on this on this drink of energy? It's a hate crime, man. Oh, okay. We have to cut that part. <laughs> we, can't, we can't use hate crime. We're trying to sell this drink. We're trying to sell this drink. All right. So, all right. So, hate like the dark side, and you have to tap into your hate to get that energy. So, how did it happen, man? Like, where can people find this? I'm not quite sure how it happened, but I know one of, uh, I think it's one of Jerry's buddies, decided. Fuck Red Bull. Fuck all those stupid motherfuckers. I'm going to do this shit myself and I'm going to do it right. So they... Fuck Monster. Fuck Red Bull. There you go. That's hate. Nos. Whatever the fuck that is. It's not squishy Nos. Yeah, fuck Nos So it doesn't matter. The only thing Nos is good for is when you're trying to make that quarter mile run. So you can go to uh, the website. It's The Fillins. T-H-E-F-I-L-L-I-N-S thefillins.com slash store and you can buy it it's reasonably priced the tall boy cans and I think you can buy it by the case but I'm not sure but if you put in the promo code MPWO you get a 10% discount that's like free tax that's like no taxes whoa whoa so wait so what you're saying is if you're if people are hearing our voice right now or if they hear the voice of any other podcaster on the NPWO podcast network, they're pretty much getting a promo code that will knock off 10% off of hate. So they're pretty much paying no taxes. Pretty much. We, we were lied to all of our lives, Marsh. You really can't embrace the dark side and it gives you power. Hate is powerful. It is. Just try not to commit crimes after drinking the hate because then it will be called hate crimes. And there's no way you can get away with it. You can just do simple misdemeanors while you're on hate. It becomes a hate crime. There's no way we'll get away with this promo if we keep on <laughs> hate crimes. It's a hate crime drink? Okay, okay. It's not a hate crime if you drink the drink. It's just hate the drink. Don't hate the drink. It's hate the energy drink. No, just, just, <laughs> just, just drink hate. Drink the hate. Yes. Let it seep into your soul. The hate. Let it power your heart. <laughs> oh, it'll power your heart. Stay up all it night. stops it. 
Jeez, we're trying to sell this drink, Marsh. I'll let them listen to it at the, at the network and see what they say about it. They'll probably be like, well, uh, do you think that you could redo that commercial, please? So, we will return you to your previously scheduled program for the four of y'all. But remember, Marsh, what's the website they could go to? The fillins.com slash store. And what's the promo code that they can use so they can knock off all the taxes, pretty much? It depends on the state, but... That's true. MPWO is your promo code to get 10% off. That's what you gots to do. That's what needs to be done. Hate. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, no no matter what else we keep, you have to end it on hate. Everybody and welcome to Always Bet on Geek with Marshall and Pat. No, you're fine. You're fine. Just, just let it keep going, like the like our our new saying. It all work out in the edit. Marshall will get his audacity, picky dust, and work his magic. Yeah, what I do is I. It works every time. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, yeah, we've, uh, we've been friends for so long, I, I have to go off the wall too far to actually get reactions out of y'all. I like how he took it the extra step and went like, and then I put it in the microwave seat and then I turn it on and it flakes. And I'm like, y'all couldn't actually see my face, but I was like, oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> we've been friends too long. Probably your eyes open a little bit wide, your mouth slightly ajar, staring straight forward. That's the face I imagine. And that is how it started out and then it ended up in with you gritting putting my head oh. putting my head in one of my palms. We've been friends too long. You that's because you, you pretty much had me for the first half. Yep. And then just had to add the face palm. But, um, all right. Oh, let me start the periscope. Fuck it. I'll do that while I'm talking. What's up, everybody? This is Marshall, Squishy Nasink, on Twitter and all the other various social media outlets. Welcome to another episode of Always Bet on Geek. We're, well, I say we. I am sitting here in the Hall of Geekdom with. Two awesome people on the other line. One a little south and one way south. Where do you live, Roy? Texas, right? Uh, yes, I am a proud resident of Texas uh, in the glorious oasis of liberalism known as Austin. All right. The one blue dot in the otherwise Red Sea. And now this voice you're hearing now is your friendly neighborhood co-host, Pat. And welcome to yet another episode of Always Bet on Geek, special guest star, the Mystic Mojo himself, Ryan. And we pick it up where we kind of left off with the first one. So this is part two to Infinite Spoilers, (laughs) which was, I think, a name that Ryan came up with last week so I'm digging it that's kind of my forte I come up with names actually for stuff quite a lot I guess we should call you Cisco Mm. sure I'll take it and if you are watching the flash every week you would know why that was appropriate and if you I thought you were talking deep space nine and if you aren't watching it, I'm not going to tell you. It's on Netflix. 
pull up Netflix and enjoy binge watching one of the coolest superhero shows on TV. I can vouch for that. Yeah, it actually is very entertaining. And I'm not even a huge Flash fan, and this show actually make me like Barry Allen. But, you know what? Fuck DC. This is the Avengers Infinity War spoil cast. It's all about the MCU up in here. Marvel for life. Marvel zombies. Let's get to it. But that's who left off. Shit, where did we leave off? <laughs> I edited it, and I still don't remember where we left off. Thanos had just arrived on the planet, which I can't remember the name of, where the soul gem was kept. Oh, right. Is that Nova? Oh, okay, so were y'all surprised that it was the Red Skull that was the guardian of the soul gem? Because my jaw... No, actually, no, I wasn't, because that was the only fucking spoiler that I I caught before. Ah. Because I, I found out where the soul gem was, and it said on the planet so and so, then the red skull was guarding it. And I'm like, what? Wait, nope, stop, stop reading, stop. <laughs> oh man, because my jaw hit the floor. Because like when he started talking, I was like, I think I know that voice. And then it was like the motherfucker red skull. Yeah, but you you didn't recognize the voice. I found out Hugo Weaving wasn't the red skull in that movie. Really? Yep. It sounded kind of familiar, though. Maybe I just assumed that it was his voice because he was the Red Skull and Captain America, the first Avenger. Maybe so. See, and those for y'all on Periscope, you'll actually see all the bullshit that happens behind before the edit. Even though there's just one person, uh, Argentina's watching again. Yay, go Argentina. Shout out to Argentina. That's right. I think she actually tweeted. She said she knows all the bullshit. Well, she, she is representing Argentina and demonstrating that Argentinians apparently have excellent taste in podcasts. She lives in Barcelona, but her name is Argentina. Well, that would have been good information to know. But we still love Argentina. Go, Argentina. All right, guys. I'm back. Now we can get back to it. What did I miss? Oh, and by the way, Argentina, what's up? Thanks for watching and listening. Thanks for always being a cool... I'm not allowed to call you a fan as per Marshall's order, so thank you for always being there, for always been on Geek. Perhaps a connoisseur might be a good title. She is definitely a connoisseur of podcasts. All right, Cisco. Not bad. Well done. (laughs) You're earning your keep. Told you that that's my thing. I'm I'm a name man. (laughs) Well, um, okay, so I think we are all assume I'm going to assume that we knew Gamora was about to die to get the soldier right when they stepped foot on that planet. I was like Time's up for Gamora. <laughs> well, yes and no for okay. me because once again, most of this was like, although some of the story path that was going to unfold could have been kind of predictable, the actual details of some of it obviously was not what I was um, aware of. So I knew Gamora was in danger, but as soon as the Red Skull mentioned that it takes a terrible price i started to get the spider sense tingly and was like hmm this probably isn't good and then when he says you have to give up something of value to your soul in order to possess the soul gem almost like a trade for one soul for another i was like exactly. well it was nice knowing you gamora <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah <laughs> But I did want to interject earlier. You asked about if we were surprised that the Red Skull was the specter guarding it. I didn't yes. know what to expect, so it wasn't a surprise to me. But I do remember seeing him and thinking, wait, is that is that the Red Skull? But unfortunately, being a little bit of a noob about it, I thought, well, maybe, maybe he's just some otherworldly 
creature, alien, other person. The odds of it being the Red Skull himself here, mm, I didn't know enough of his story to know if that even made sense. So until you guys just confirmed it now, I still wasn't 100% sure if that's who it was. Even though it's obviously who it was, I just wouldn't know why. So do you have any insight on the reason behind the Red Skull would have been the specter there? Yes, um, at the end of Captain America, the first Avenger, the Red Skull was holding on to the Tesseract when it um, had a power surge. That was the, that's the Space Gem, right? The Space Stone, correct. And, and then um, with, and when, it had, when it had that surge, you saw in the movie he was kind of transported away into the darkness. Apparently, that's where he ended up, and that's where he must now do his penance for being a asshole Nazi scumbag. Okay. Well, I can't imagine then what Thanos is going to face, considering compared to the Red Skull, Thanos is a unimaginable, exponentially greater monster. <laughs> they're, they're, trying, they're trying to make him out to be not quite as bad as he is, too. All the stuff I've been reading online. I'm like, dude, yeah, he's a farmer. Who cares? That's not the point. <laughs> they kind of did the same thing in the comic books. Like, after the first Infinity Gauntlet, he retired and became a farmer. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, hold on. I think this is a good point for me to interject maybe some uh, conflict with the storyline that both myself and my girlfriend talked about after the first movie. Uh, okay. We understood that they were as the writers, they were trying to get Thanos to be relatable in some manner. And right. obviously, somebody with that level of insanity, it's a little hard to have much of a connection with. But they wanted to basically give this idea that this is a person who loved deeply, even if it was only one person, and yet he felt that the universe was such a great treasure that the idea of it being overwhelmed, depleted, and destroyed uh, because of overpopulation was his great divine, you know, guide. Which, the main problem with that is that logically he should have understood that even with that solution coming to fruition and only taking out half of the living creatures and leaving the other half alive, that it would eventually become a problem again, even if it was billions of years later. So it was a short-term solution that would cause massive amounts of suffering. And if he was such a wise genius as he claimed to be, he should have been able to understand that his destruction was a limited short-term solution that was imperfect for the greater goal he's trying to reach. So with that in mind, understanding that, yes, he's insane, and to his mind it made sense, okay, fine, you go forward with that, Thanos, you do you. But then he gets to this edge of this cliff, and he suddenly is faced with the realization that the one thing possibly in all the universe that he might actually love deeply, his daughter Gamora, he has to sacrifice her, throw her off this cliff, and kill her so he can maintain his divine goal and dream, which deep down he should have known was an imperfect goal and he was willing to give up his daughter which he loved quote unquote so much for an imperfect goal which in my mind makes Thanos both a little less believable as somebody who loves Grimora and makes me more think that perhaps he just thought he loved her but in actuality he loved himself more than anything well, he wouldn't have gotten the soul hey, stone if he didn't truly love her, though. Correct. That's what I was about to say. The soul stone could sense whether he was lying to himself or whatever, and it judged that he was not and that he did love her. That would have been way. fucked up. He pushed her off. She splat and <laughs> nothing. Damn. It was the other daughter, huh? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> it was Nebula, not Gamora, right? Damn. The one I don't like. But uh, the, the way I see it, right, is. Remember um, the Godfather movies, and you see all these mobsters, and they will kill you if you, if, you know, if you steal from them or if you lie to them. But then you have um, the main character in the Godfather Three, heartbroken when his daughter is killed in front of him. So 
I look at it in under under the same mindset of it's always different until it affects you. You know, you can go out, you know, you can go into somebody's house and whack them for the family. But if somebody walks into your house and whacks your daughter, all of a sudden you you know what now you know what it feels like. Thanos never thought he would have to pay that high a price. He thought that he could dance between the raindrops and still keep Gamora. Just like a mobster or a killer would go, I can't believe they killed my sister. That's somebody I love. Yeah, but you've killed 12 people. Each person that you killed had somebody who loved them. Yeah, but it didn't affect me. I, I, got, a, I got a good example. When, who was it? Oh, damn. I just, whenever Fred in the Angel TV show, in Wolfram and Hart, season five. Yeah. And he they, he had to pay a price. Was it was gun, right? For his intelligence and stuff? Right. Oh, Marshall, good point. Yeah, gun had to pay the powers that be. And he, and he be, said, but... he said, didn't you know that was going to be a price? And he was like, yeah, it did. But I didn't know it was going to be one of us. Exactly. That's exactly it. And I think that's where he was coming from, Brian, with Thanos. He didn't think it would cost him that dearly. You know, if if the Red Skull told him all you have to do is throw Nebula over the... She would have already been falling before the Red Skull got down with the sentence. So, that's my take on it. Okay, no, that makes sense. Uh, I think that actually is the only explanation that maintains Thanos' relatability as a villain, but one who still has uh, foibles and humanity within him. Okay, cool. I appreciate it. That would actually probably be very beneficial to other people who kind of had the same issue. So, but, But to be clear, to be clear... He is insane <laughs> because if he, because it's like you said last week, if he actually believed believe in the balance, why did he kill every Asgardian <laughs> and, only, and only Thor survived? And really, he meant to kill Thor. Thor is just really tough and he survived the, the destruction of their of their arc ship. Yeah, I didn't so, even know Thor was that damn tough. I am so glad this movie is finally showing people how badass Thor is. He's one of my he's one of my favorite characters and he's never really been showcased in the MCU like he is in the comic books. Even in the MCU, he still pretty much only throws lightning. I'm still waiting on him to go Take a tornado and a hurricane and a blizzard and a lightning blizzard. Since he's like, you know, can control the weather, but really I'm glad that they're finally showing him flex like um he should have been doing. I just never thought that he could just, you know, basically jump into a star and survive. Yeah, that messed him up pretty good, but Yeah, I, he almost did it. He almost did it, yeah. I on, honestly thought this might be the final scene because they did a good job in the beginning when the arc ship gets blown up and you're like, uh, oh, Loki's dead. Thor might be dead too. This might be a franchise reboot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. And I, I read somewhere that uh, Valkyrie, she was on the ship too at the end of Ragnarok. She was. But she... They didn't specify, but they said that she survived. I bet you anything she went to try and find supplies. And or, right. or Thor commanded her off, told her to well, go no, because do like, this. Remember, at the end of Ragnarok, Valkyrie still had her own ship, and it's the one that she stole from the Grandmaster. I bet, I bet you anything they're going to hand wave it and go, hey, Valkyrie, you have a ship. We need supplies or we need to find a world to colonize. You fly this way, we'll go this way. And whoever gets there first, call the other one. And that's why she wasn't on there when the Black Border came along. Yeah, I agree. I think that's actually 
an easy MacGuffin they could throw in there to allow them more leverage in the next movie. And then, obviously, Thor and Valkyrie can have beautiful angel alien babies. Pirate angels? Yeah, that's right. Damn. <laughs> Pirate angels. <laughs> Pirate angel a, babies. What a great scene. Okay, so Gamora is now dead, and we know she's dead because all and here's because they show her flattened on the ground. <laughs> they show her not only flattened on the ground, but in a pool of her own blood. And when you see that scene, that is the director's way of saying, "Nah, bitches, it's I mean, over." It could have been worse, you know. Her legs could have been up by, past yeah. her head and all that other stuff. But... It, well, it was, it was, it was as graphic as you can get away with in a movie made by Disney. Yes, it was. But I will call bullshit, and I understand, but I just have to get this out here and we can move on. Technically, she probably should have been able to survive that, and the only reason I say that is if you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2, spoiler alert, fast forward a minute if you don't want to hear anything, (laughs) but she drops from near suborbital fall when they're falling. I think it's the scene where their ship is crashing on... Uh, ego or something like that but she she does a good i would say quarter of a mile drop <laughs> from um the air and lands and does the superhero n- one foot one knee fist down you know uh landing and then gets up to start fighting and in my mind when i saw that she was tossed off of the cliff and we see the big shot of the cliff over there and little thanos up there and gamora flying through the air I thought to myself, nah, she's got this shit. She's just going to flip, land like a cat, and be out of here. But no, apparently we needed to move the plot forward, and Thanos had to have the soul jam in order for the story to continue. So what happens? No, that, was just, that was just because accident. she jumped. She, yes. made the, she initialized it, and then when she was out of control. One, one was an action, the other was a reaction. And she failed her reaction yeah. role, I get you. No, I, I think, no, I think the best way... To describe it so Ryan can understand, even if nobody else does, who hears my voice, Ryan will. It's kind of like Ryan, Gamora had Catfall as part <laughs> of her base character. Oh, and that is low, dude. That she, that she wouldn't have to roll. All right. Yep, yep, yep. I got you. Cliff. All right, we can go ahead and move on to the next scene. I'm just going to sit here and burning humility for a little bit. We can just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, well played, touche, soft <laughs> golf clap for you. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> I'm here all week. Please tip your bartenders. Thank you. All right. So after this, I can't exactly remember what happens, but we basically get back to the heroes, right? Yeah. Um. It's it's kind of like after he gains a stone, or he. Oh well, there was a, a scene right Go after ahead. that where, if you want to discuss, he goes into that alternate dimension for just like a minute. Oh, was um, anything in that, that relevant besides just like, all right, you got the gem? Yes, the alternate dimension is actually the inside of the soul stone, and that will come into play more in Avengers Four. Oh, so each time it happens, he's actually inside there, which is relevant later on in the movie too. Right. Which makes me wonder. Ah, uh, I wonder. I have a theory now. All right, go ahead. So what happened after that? Um, I think we go back to Titan. Yeah, I'm, because I, I think this is the big hero misunderstanding fight between Tony, Strange, and Peter against the remainder. Uh, I would beg to disagree, respectfully. No, I, guess, I think I, they sure. had yeah. just finished that. And okay. the next thing was that they were trying to formulate the plan on how to take out Thanos. Oh, so and wait, so Doctor Strange had just used the time zone to see right. the different multiple that was, paths. Okay, that was so pimp. All right, what, what Ron is, is, is describing is when Doctor Strange looked at what 14 million possible future outcomes, and they were like, how many do we win? Only one. Only one. <laughs> How much of a walking badass do you have to be where in all these possible timelines, the heroes only have a slight edge in, in beating you, even though well, they're I trying mean, their best? Well, I mean, when you have that kind of power, it's like me 
you know, us walking into a fucking room full of puppies with a bat. I mean, <laughs> oh god. I mean, it's it's almost. Okay, I mean, it's almost that mind, bad, man. I mean, with all those, those infinity puppies... stones, are that? I mean, you get. He's, you know, it, it's just sorry. <laughs> now, if those puppies were actually kittens, then the guy with the bat better be scared, because. <laughs> Kittens will go insane on your ass. Yeah, no. Just so you know. So I would say Thanos against anybody except the Avengers was this homicidal maniac with a bat and a room full of puppies. Oh, shit. When Thanos went against the Avengers, it was a homicidal man with a bat against a room of kittens. There you go. Okay, yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and, like, there's the there's the off chance one of the cats could actually get your eye and, like, maybe... Fuck and then I'll, I'll fall down, and then yep. they'll just devour me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, but Stephen King apparently already thought of that. But it's so rare Ugh. that maybe not. Okay. So, so what I'm if in the curious. next? What if in go, the? Go ahead. Sorry, this is kind of random, but it's still never mind. What if in the next movie, Squirrel Girl shows up, and everyone turns around to look at, and then when they look back, Thanos is taken out, and she's got him. They would never do that, even though that would be hilarious. I'm hoping so, for Squirrel um, Girl. I have her, I found so, out I found, have her first appearance. <laughs> so, Ryan, if you don't know, Squirrel Girl is this character in Marvel Comics that's kind of like a meta joke. And the joke is, her powers is she can talk to and control squirrels. And she has the proportionate strength and speed of a squirrel. But, but <laughs> I'm liking this concept already. <laughs> but this is the squirrel, good part. But Squirrel Girl can defeat any foe in between the panels. So, you know, it's kind, it's kind of like, oh my God, it's Thanos. What do we do? And then you turn the page, and the next panel is Thanos defeated, and Squirrel Girl over and going. <laughs> That's a tough fight, but oh my goodness, that is actually the coolest, cleverest, meta-ish superpower right. and, ever. And oh, and like, that really, really happened. It did, <laughs> and and what made the panel even even more funny is that when she's standing over Thanos, there's the Watcher, and the Watcher says, yes, girl, girl, and with my vast cosmic senses, I can tell you for sure, is this is truth. not a clone, this is not F LMD, this is the one true Thanos, well done. <laughs> so it's just, it's an old, so it's an ongoing joke that Squirrel Girl can be anybody, and it's not just Thanos, this has happened to the Hulk, this, is, this has happened to... <laughs> Dr. Doom, so yeah. Hey, 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 watch out. The, sounds like the Avengers are coming up. <laughs> uh, so yes, I never knew a Squirrel girl, girl, but she is now officially my favorite superhero. And she kind of... You can get her first she, appearance. It's pretty cheap, unfortunately. She kind of has the same power as She-Hulk, Deadpool, and Gwenpool. She kind of knows she's, she's a character in a comic book and can kind of play around with that. So Yeah, gotcha. So it's almost as though she, these characters have a level of insanity that even we can't comprehend, that they don't even understand reality or they don't see it the same way as everybody else. So that kind of almost gives them a way to, to fuddle with the Matrix a bit. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of cool, actually. Uh, Alright, which, by the way, quick segue, Deadpool 2, 2 is out. If you haven't seen it, I know you are going to see it. And if you do not see it, then, mm, sad day. That I'm, movie is going to be hilarious. I may actually wait because for the first Deadpool, I waited and I saw it with Marshall. And it was hilarious. So, like, I'm more excited of, about... Um, the new Star Wars movie, Solo, the Deadpool 2 at the moment. Because I really, I really want to see a Star Wars movie where there's no Jedi. It's this smugglers and scoundrels and that part of 
the galaxy because we see like the whole it's the rebellion it's the empire it's the first order it's the resistance the fate of the galaxy itself hangs in the balance meanwhile this movie hey man i'm just trying to make some money <laughs> you want to help me make some money yeah how it's a heist cool <laughs> i mean that's the entire movie i, I like, like no... woody harrelson's in it yeah i really like him i feel like he's he's aged well as an actor even though I always liked him even back in Cheers, Cheers right. when he was Woody and he was such a great character, very adorable. But I feel like he, he could have gotten caught in that kind of cute boy, dumb boy I kind of I don't know, of man. Thing. Have you seen Natural Born Killers? <laughs> no, oh, I mean, no. But the, he I broke mean, out of that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. That's what he's he saying. Like, whenever, I whenever I saw I think, that. No. I, I, think what he's, Woody I think what he's saying is if he, if he had it, if he had it been in that movie, he could have been trapped in the TV <clears throat> the bubble of, maybe so yeah oh, he's just the happy go lucky yeah. goofy guy and then because he was because he was goofy oh, and uh white man can't jump money, money yeah. talks was uh i don't know it was a little harder but still i'm trying no, to I'm think there I, was another one that oh the people versus larry flint yeah i'm thinking every good actor or actress whatever needs that one good role that can show what they can, what they can actually do when they have a writer and a director behind and them. And it also, I agree. I believe it also takes being willing to take a chance on something that's not a sure thing. Like Natural Born Killers was dark, and it could have yeah. gone really bad. It was, yeah. it was definitely um, ahead of its but, time. Oh yes, it was. It's and still plus, probably ahead of its time. It's pretty it's messed pretty up, crazy. but it makes you think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Def- I mean, there there has to be. Robert Downey Jr. was be, in that too. Yeah, there has to be a time where Woody Harrelson, Robert Downey Jr., Samuel L. Jackson, and John Tavolta have to send Quentin Tarantino a gift basket every year because he helped launch their careers. Oh yeah. yeah. National Born Killers was a screenplay by. Tarantino. And oh, then, I did not yeah. know that. Yeah, and then of course, cool. Pulp Fiction was Pulp Fiction. So, wait, uh, wait, yeah, with cheese. Wait, wait, look around. Where are all these weeds coming from? Oh yeah, yeah, yep. But hey, it was close because Robert Downey Jr. was in the National Born <laughs> Killers, and not an older wine guy. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. is now Iron Man in the MCU. So, well, that's what—that's the I difference between me. heavy drug days and sober, pay, paying your dues days. So, I'm curious about what Doctor Strange said when there was only one um, alternate path. I don't know if you know, and I don't know if this is right, but I feel like he knew based on that one outcome that Thanos had yeah. to get the time crystal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, time stone. Yeah, I think. I'm sorry, right? But I he think... never explained that to everyone else, even though I would think he did. No, that's that's perfectly in character with Doctor Strange. He's like, y'all fight these battles. I'm looking at the big multi-dimensional well, picture. Wasn't there a point where they asked him, aren't you going to try to stop him? And he was like, no, he has to get it or something like that? No, um, no not nah. really. I don't Am I making so. that no, it up? Was, it, was, he, it was more of a hit when he said he, he can't be stopped. This is going to happen. Right. Our only chance is to hopefully nose the river in our direction, but this river ain't stopping. <laughs> Thanos can't be stopped. Okay, <laughs> so who were the who were the ones that made it? Do you want to wait till we get well, to the end of the movie to talk about that? Okay, yeah, we, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, we're not there yet. So okay, so we're on Titan and the heroes are trying to plan, and we get more comedy with Stark and Star Lord and Drax. Gamora, who? I do you one better. Gamora, where? I do you one better. Gamora, why? <laughs> uh, I, I like him. So Batista is cool. So they have their plan. Is this now? Will we now cut back to Earth when 
the heroes arrive in Wakanda or are, are, have well, we saved the vision and the Scarlet Witch yet? We haven't really uh, talked about we've, them much. Yeah, we didn't give Scarlet Witch and the Vision much FaceTime yet. We can go into them now. But I feel like they were almost sidelined throughout this whole thing. And with the Vision being so important to defeat Thanos, I feel like he was benched basically for the whole movie. And so was Scarlet Witch. And if the heroes had spent a little bit more time maybe working on setting up a trap around Vision rather than always being reactive... They might have turned the tide a little bit, but, but obviously that's not what happened, so it wasn't meant to be. But they kind of did. They took him to Wakanda and then said, if you want him, you're going to have to come to Wakanda to get him. And then they put up the force field so yeah, the city true. was protected. So they did try to use him as bait, and they figured we could hold the line or we could beat or we could hold the line until Surrey can the gem out. get the milestone yeah and like do all that so they in my opinion they tried but they were faced with overwhelming force from an enemy who did not care how many of the soldiers they had to burn to get what they wanted okay i agree uh, that's one of the and that's one thing that then i guess they're not going to get into it or maybe if the vision comes back in the future they will but that's one of the greatest love affairs in the comic books is the vision and Scarlet Witch. I would, yep. I would really like, I mean, I don't know. But I'm starting to get into it. But, but for what they, for what, but from what they had, I think the actors did show. Oh yeah, yeah. About how, about how even at the cost of the world, Wanda was still like, I ain't gonna do it. <laughs> I don't want to do it because even though I know it may cost the universe, I don't want to. I don't want to lose you. And and I think they did a really good job with that in the very beginning. That that was probably one of the best scenes for me as far as acting went. Right. Um, for the entire movie was the original scene when the Vision and Wanda are leaving in the middle of the night. They're about to go their separate ways. And they have a moment alone where they're talking like a couple. And I literally in that scene felt like, well, if I was with my girlfriend like that's how we'd be talking like that seemed very well written and very genuine and there was emotion through it so personally i felt the most emotion from the entire movie from watching the two of them share that moment of bittersweet sorrow mm-hmm. kind of thing um and the rest of the movie was good but nothing except that once in the entire movie actually touched me so actually i um, think they did a great job with that with me that scene is when Rocket is with Thor, and they have that kind of quiet moment when Thor is like, I've lost everything. My father, my home, my brother, my people, but the fates have decreed I can't die. I won't die. That's true. And like, How old is and like, he? He's crying. As he, How long did he live on Asgard? I'm sorry. Yeah, um, he said that he was over a thousand years old. Yeah, that would be hard to lose everything. Go ahead. Sorry. I just wanted to, I, before I forgot. And I like how he's saying all this and he's trying to sound confident, but he's crying at the same time because he's like, and then there's Rocket going because Rocket had his moment in volume two to Guardians. So now he's trying to do what Yondo did for him. And he's like, you know, Thor, I mean, it's okay to, it's okay to not be okay. You've lost everything. He's like, but the fates have chosen me to to kill Thanos. <laughs> that, that's how he was holding on. I thought that part was touching, also, about for me. But I'm biased because Thor is my favorite character, so that's probably why they did a good job on giving every single character a little moment to shine. More than some, more than others, like in Thor's case, but. I agree. I think everybody pulled their weight and everybody had some good lines and Oh, it's speak- everybody was was given an opportunity to be themselves yeah. even if they weren't necessarily winning or having a shining moment as being a hero that each one of them had some moment to like show us who they were as a character. Yeah, I yeah. liked it. And for the first time we saw Bruce Banner fight in the Hulkbuster armor. So we got to see him actually fight and and that just Hide behind the Hulk. Come on, Hulk. We really need you. No. No. What? What? What, what do you mean, no? 
That's what I said. I think I said at the same time as he did in the fucking theater. I was like, what the fuck do you mean no? <laughs> Thanos beat a complex into his ass. <laughs> I think... In Marvel, we call that a complication. It was a D12. Fuck yeah. Yeah. No, no he stepped it up. In Marvel, <laughs> no, in Marvel, he has like emotional trauma. The fist of Thanos. <laughs> yeah, he's got a knuckle knuckle print right on his forehead. Well, he had to transfer that from physical damage to emotional damage. <laughs> oh, right? Nice, man. Nice. Well so, done. That's what I was going to say a little while ago when we were talking about the price and stuff like that. The reason why Doom in the game got Earth Force's DNA was because Myra Metagart had the legacy virus and she was going to die and we couldn't save her. So we made a deal with Doom to get a device to transfer her mind into this box until we could clone her body. But the price was we had to give him our DNA. So all this shit is all from that moment. That was a price. That's that was a deep. price. This was this is like ten oh. years ago now. I mean this is a long ass time. Ago. I remember we did a whole bunch of stuff to save uh Matagger way back in the day and it was because she had become such a good matron mm-hmm. character to help us out so much and Pat was in the process of trying to basically give her an ending, a story to wrap up her part in the game and both Marcel and myself and if there was anyone else playing at the time we were like, oh yeah. hell no, you ain't taking mom away, fuck that how do we get her back? And we fought and battled and stormed the Bastille until we obviously got to this conclusion um, in order to bring her back to life and I remember you mentioned later, Pat, that you were actually truly shocked that we gave a shit about this NPC no, I, that you would I, kind I, of put to the side. <clears throat> yeah, I was. Because I was like, because in my mind, I was like, whew, one less NPC, I'm going to have to role play. <laughs> we were like, nope. We are like, hell no. We like this one. Yeah. There's a couple of, a couple of characters so in the funny. game that we did that that was unexpected over the years. It's like, yeah, like Stephanie no, I mean, ended up having is in a relationship. He was just a random pilot number one. We were in, we were in another galaxy. Random, completely, he didn't even have a name. He was just dude, so and like he rolled real good all game. Yeah. So he became, and we glammed onto him, and he became that's Mason, our our shield rep- or sword representative in, uh, in between the liaison. That's it. I did and, not know yeah. that. And he's with Actually, he's with Stephanie's character during my sabbatical. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually really cool. That brings that to light. Uh, damn. Do you see all these weeds again? I Man, know. I was. Just, they just I crop was, up. I was about to say the same thing, but before we leave this patch of weeds, I do want to say I too have a NPC like that. When Ryan was running his A D and D game, he had this NPC called Tigre, oh, yeah. and I don't think he ever met. Tigre to be to become what he became, but he was what right a goblin was he a gnome? he was yeah he was a goblin and yeah. he was like just above middle age for goblins so he was probably about twenty five or so uh, maybe even towards the silver side of goblin age and I had decided that because Pat was running a solo game and it was D and D and this was a D and D one of the more brutally versions of it I knew he needed a sidekick to help him so I had a goblin who had given him classes in ranger so he could dual wield double hand axes and he came along with him but I didn't want Pat to be overwhelmed by my NPC that was part of my GM character so I decided he was mute he never spoke and part of his backstory was that he had betrayed goblin kind by doing a good deed in order to save the tribe and he had been punished and his punishment had been exile and they had cut his tongue out so I couldn't really do anything to help Pat make decisions or advance the story I could just give him some muscle when the fighting started and he turned out to be basically my D&D version of Wolverine the man yes. wouldn't die you no. can tell more about it Pat <laughs> no it was so awesome like whatever I was in deep and I knew I was in deep I saw a hand axe fly past my face and impact the enemy, and I knew, all right, I got my boy Tigre. We're going to pull this out. And I will watch Ryan roll for Tigre, and Ryan 
did not have uh, a DM screen. So I could see the rows, and T. Gray would always roll high. <laughs> like, he would always see my bacon when and, I was... I, I, yeah, I honestly expected in those situations, up, oh, I threw too much at us. It's just Pat and me. <laughs> Pat's almost down. Uh, let's roll this, but I guess I better come up with the rescued from death story. And he would miraculously, consistently be the clutch man. It was so clutch. good. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so uh, I, I can now see the sunlight from all the weeds we have walked through. So sorry hey, I didn't, for I didn't start that detour. <laughs> I just jumped no, on it. And I'm honored that it was brought up. It's one of my favorite no, storytelling. You did, like, you did, Marsh, because you brought Ryan, up the fact Ryan, that you brought up the Ryan Marvel game. was talking about something um, that was role-playing related. <laughs> I don't remember at this point, but it made me think about it made me think about that. No, um, if only there was a way we could go back in time and Well, yeah, I'm not stopping said. it. I'm not stopping no, trust it. Me. <laughs> no, trust me. When you are doing the edit... You're going to hear that Ryan said a, a throwaway line about something. Well, I know, and, and I know, but seized, and then you seized on that to like, oh, and by the way, about this Marvel. Well, yeah, game. I know, but I <laughs> wasn't going to talk running. about it because earlier when we were actually talking about the price and the consequences of the that, I was going to talk about it then, but I didn't. I had been, but since he changed it, yes, yeah, I jumped on it. But I was just saying I didn't start it. I wasn't going to talk blame about him. it. Hey, I think it was That's actually pretty good bit of easter egg for all our dedicated I don't think anybody cares about our role playing there. man <laughs> if I'm not and, and I hate to be which, I hate which, to be that which guy by the, Sorry, which by the way no which by the way I I agree with Marshall about that which is why I think it's so hilarious we tend to get lost in the weeds about our role playing game <laughs> and like and we'll stay here for a while even though we both know nobody gives a fuck they tuned in to hear the right. well, I mean, and I'm that way so, too when people start talking about their game and stuff I'm cool for 5 or 10 minutes but if it goes farther than that I mean it's like come on I'm not playing in that game I don't really care yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sorry I don't mean game. to be an asshole but, but it's more like I am so glad you're having fun because that sounds like an awesome game. But now, let me tell you about my game, and you should care about this. I know, it's see, so yeah, that's, awesome. that's exactly it. That's actually one hundred percent true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, if anybody listening wants to try to role play and wants to try to try role playing and or is a role player, holler at us. Maybe we can set something up. Shameless plug, inserted. Um, okay, as we hack down these weeds, we come back to the street where the Vision and the Scarlet Witch are down for the count, and they're about to be killed by Proxima Midnight and her husband, Corvus Clave, when a train goes by, and you hear the theme music. And you see Captain America, the Falcon, and the Black Widow, Lay the smack it down on two of the Black Order like they were amateurs. And that's one thing about being on a team with Cap. He will teach you teamwork because his team is weaker than two of the Black Order, but they're so well all machines, they still took them out. This teamwork, bam, 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 bam. complication, complication, no stress, complication. And yeah, anyway. I think I just figured out how to beat all your your villains from here on out in the Marvel game. And this was my fault. I'm just going to start stacking complications on everyone, build my dice pool up to enormous amounts. That's actually a good idea. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know we'll be talking about this offline later. But I did have a question about Scarlet Witch specifically. And yes. uh, hopefully this won't detour us from the main plot too much. But you've got Doctor Strange, his... Um, his friend who helps him, who I don't know, who's also Wong. the Wong, thank you. And all the other uh, magicians out there, they all have the battle magic. And you know they pull it up because you get those golden rings around their fist. Right. Scarlet Witch has this red glow. Why is that when they're both supposed to be magicians or manipulating magic? All right. In, in the MCU, so for the movies, she's not a witch. They just call her that as a cool code name because she could do 
spooky things. Okay. In the movie, in the movie, I think she's actually slightly manipulated, low level cosmic energy. Because they have never defined her powers in the movies. It's always like she can do what we need her to do. Yeah. <laughs> so she can just alter. She it's all, well, you know what it is. Ah, oh, if you ever played Forgotten <coughs> Realms. Way back in the day. Uh, here we go. Here we go. On. I know. I but see weeds. I see. Okay. Okay. There was a. You could be a mage. You could cast all spells like normal. But they came out with a supplement um, uh, campaign set, and inside of it was the spell slinger. Um, I think is what it's called. Uh, and basically, they could get. They would gain levels as a mage. So you would get all these spell slots and everything, just like a mage would, as you get po- powerful. But you could never cast a single spell. The only thing you could do is harness the raw form of magic and sling it out in like lightning bolts, like silver lightning would come out of you. Oh, and okay. as you got higher and higher in your mage levels, you had more spell slots. You could use it more and more and put more dice on it and stuff like that. So I feel like the Scarlet Witch is almost like she's just. You manipulating the raw essence of the the energy of the universe, while the magicians are using formula and other types of you know mathematics to do the same thing, where she just puts her hands right into it. I mean that makes about as much sense as everything they said in the MCU, and they said nothing. <laughs> okay, I wasn't gonna say that. Excellent. I thought the, I'll I take like, it. What Disney? This one's on me. <laughs> Actually, no, screw that. It. If you take that one, Disney, I want my royalty check. 10%, we're good. <laughs> I'm sure Kevin Feige will get right on that. <laughs> okay, I'll even take well, half of 1%, Disney. Throw me a bone. <laughs> and then you see the hard stare from Kevin Feige. And then that's when you go, okay, I'll take a dollar and put my name in the credits. I mean, <laughs> that I cool? won. <laughs> All right, anyway, so after this... Um, I believe this is is this where Thor finally makes it to where he needs to go to oh, we are, build. We are we are jumping all over. I think after this point, Thor has gotten to the Dead Star, and the New Avengers have gotten to the Avengers compound, and Secretary Ross just like arrest them. And who was that? Rhodey was like, yeah, I get right on that. And he was like, man, fuck that guy. Hey, Cap, welcome back. Where are we going? Wakanda, baby. Which was really cool. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that felt a warm, fuzzy feeling when the scene changed and you see the Black Panther and all the other cast. I did. That was only, it was almost like seeing your family from a recent holiday and then you get to see him before the next holiday and you're like yay right. yeah I did cause like cause I like expecting the, you for a while cause the instant cap said I know a place and then in the background you can hear the Wakanda drums come up and like I promise almost every black person in my theater was like it's Wakanda <laughs> <laughs> like it's actually pretty awesome but um we're going to have to pause here because it's almost four o'clock, and I have to go get ready for a shoot. And we've been—it's all good—recording for almost an hour. So I think this will be a three-parter, but I think we can wrap it up in part three. So, all right. So this was a random talk, but we did mostly talk about Infinity War. Uh, hope y'all enjoyed. No, I'll it. say I'll say it was a random talk with some weeds. No. I would say it's Avengers talk with some with some weeds in there. You know how we do. This is ABOG. You know how we do. So you can find us on the <laughs> newpodworldorder.com. That's where all of we got new podcasts every week, every month. Come join us. Come on the podcast. Let's have fun. Whatever. Okay. Um <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Um, okay. <laughs> that wasn't creepy at all. Yeah, no, that's why I said whatever. That's not it. I mean, I might as well have had a fucking red balloon in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why they won't get in the band. I put Seems Legit <laughs> on the side of it. I mean, I don't fuck. understand. Um, 
you can also find this on iTunes. So if you find this on iTunes, please like and leave a comment. Um, it will help us out a whole lot with the Apple iTunes AI algorithm. Algorithm. That's right. The, so the more please, we get, the more we show up for random stuff. Yep. So please, um, like us and leave us a comment if you please. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at Always Been On Geek, on Instagram at Always Been On Geek, on YouTube at um, search for Always Been On Geek on YouTube because until we get, you know, I discovered until we get about 4,000 subscribers, we can't, we can't use our name. So our URL for our YouTube channel is a random string of letters and numbers so until we hit a high oh, enough wow. subscribe account we can't get our custom url but if you go to youtube and just search for always been on geek you will find us we are the first things that that pop up and after you find us please subscribe help us get up to that count yeah, for so real man actually just say i didn't know that's hardcore youtube sucks um, fucking bastards they they actually changed that rule like around last year it was a whole big it was a whole big deal yeah they changed I, I remember that you rule were, you, and were they changed, you, you moped yeah. about it for a couple of days dude you, you have no idea how how badly they need capital no no anyway, i do anyway, i get it anyway. <laughs> i get it more now that's what i was saying i now understand and um you can also oh marshall we got an email on the always Bed on Geek. Gmail. Oh, really? We did. It was. Um, I can't pull it up because my phone is my is my microphone Hold on. and my iPad is my I Facebook. I think I can pull it up. Okay, but um, it's. I think it's a guy whose name is BJ, and he wants us to review his independent comic book, and he sent the email on like the 10th and like we never checked our email but I checked it randomly last night and I was like oh shit I need to respond to this so next time I will make a note so I could give him a shout out because I went ahead Sorry, and I didn't check the email. It, it said that it said that um, it asked them to send us a PDF of his comic and we'll be happy to yeah sure review it and so uh, we need to keep an eye on our email account now for stuff like that. So I'm glad I checked that. And I'm sorry it took so long for us to get back to you. Our bad. Um, I guess that's it. Um, Rye, will you be free next week so we can wrap up um, Infinite Spoilcast? Um, I do have abdominal surgery scheduled, but I'm actually told my doctor that I'm going to do this podcast, and by God, I'm going to wrap it up. And I don't care if there's a chance I get blood poisoning and die. For this, always betting geek, I die for it. That's what I'm talking about. That's the level of commitment I'm looking for for this podcast and our YouTube channel. I want you to kill for it. I want you to bleed for it. I want you to die for it. Ride or die. Ride and or and die. Or die. <laughs> you know, we do have a listener that says that yeah, but, uh, Always Bet on Geek saved his life. I do know that. Big Joe. Well, I mean, but, I, you guys are our heartfelt people so I'm glad there are people out there who appreciate you too as much as I do and I guess on that note I need to roll um, y'all are y'all can keep on talking or whatnot but I must roll out um, guys it's been a blast we are going to try to wrap up Infinite Spoilcast next week with part 3 hope you enjoyed this episode and this has been your friendly neighborhood co-host Pat um, down here in the capital city of the Magnolia State, currently house-sitting for a friend. And over to my west in the Lone Star State is... 
the Mystic Mojo. <laughs> we can never fucking end the podcast, man. We always sound so awkward. <laughs> That's awesome. And I am over here across the Redneck Oasis. <laughs> they call me Squishy Nasink. They Jesus call me Christ. lots of bad things, but don't worry about that stuff. Don't look behind the curtain. Marshall, peace out, people. In other words, this has been hashtag man of the people, hashtag Mr. Influence, and hashtag Mystic Mojo. And thanks for this week of Always Been Old Geek, and we, we out. That was fun. And that's it. <laughs>